0: everyone, welcome to episode 342 of this is Whole Life. This is Randy's voice when he has been attacked by the flu bug that apparently is going around everywhere. and so this episode is going to be a little unlike some others all of the others pretty much in the fact that I'm just recording this here in my home studio. And I asked Ken and Jeff and Melanie to go over some of the things that they thought about and what Christmas means to them. And we had one question from the message this week and another comment and question from another. So let me read you what those are. And first off, Stanley asked, so the innkeeper seemed pretty self-justified in their actions. What's a common way that people keep Jesus out of their lives without knowing it? And how can we become more aware? And then following up on that anonymous asked, do you think if being honest, we all have a little bit of the innkeeper in us. I know I do. Also, maybe the acronym for joy would be Jesus over yourself. Possibly when we get out of our own way, we unexpectedly find true joy. And I think to to Stanley's answer, through the course of my life, there's way too many times and in way too recent memory even of just thinking to myself that, or realizing after the fact that I did the same exact thing to someone because of a litany of issues that weren't theirs, but they were mine. They were hard issues that I need to deal with and that I need to get right with God. And, you know, how can we become more aware? And I think that's just the more we find ourselves hanging out with Jesus in prayer in our worship time, our family time, our time with friends who think who think like we do and love Jesus like we do. I think that part helps us to become more aware and it's so easy to justify anything in our minds. So It is really easy to do that. So to me, I think it's just being in the word, being in prayer and being around other people that are going to support your journey to support your journey, to find Christ and to be closer and to be more Christ-like to the best of our ability while we're still here. And then, you know, if we are being honest, yeah, we know we are that innkeeper and uh, man, I love Jesus over yourself. Anything over myself is good. And Jesus over myself is probably the best that we can possibly, possibly come up with. And it always comes, that true joy that they're talking about, it always comes when Jesus and others are over ourselves. So I, th- I think that it's not something we don't know. It's just something... We forget it's life is busy. We get crazy. Even this time of year, it's even worse with Christmas and the new year and Thanksgiving and all the things that we have to do or we think we have to do. It gets even more difficult and we need even more grace (laughs) and we need to slow down and just make sure we're hitting all those things, mainly those things that bring us closer to Jesus. So I appreciated both of those. And thank you, Stanley and Anonymous, for sending those in. I know we haven't had time to do the response, which usually gets all the juices flowing for questions in the moment when the message is going on. So what you're going to hear from here going out is, Ken and Jeff and Melanie and a new special guest. I want to say a huge warm welcome to O-Town Tim, formerly known as Nashville Tim, in our online chats. He is Melanie Bachman's husband, and I've had a chance to meet Tim, as I'm sure many of you have if you are a local and attend whole life church but a great addition both melanie and tim and i'm looking forward to getting to know them better as well really excited they're really fun and unique people and uh, everyone has a unique twist here ken is talking as a parent a lot for a lot about what christmas means and jeff kind of dives into being a grandparent and seeing the things of christmas that he Maybe he sees differently now as a grandparent. And then Tim and Melanie just really get to the kind of the heart of the matter and making sure that at this time we just remember that there's a lot of people who this season may not be the most joyous, or it's not the most fun. It's not the warm and fuzzy. It's not the tradition, because maybe those traditions have been dashed by life and by sin and by things that happen. So. Uh, I appreciate both of them and Tim, uh, you joining in and uh, helping out with this. And it really made an impact. So all three, uh, it's pretty short. The whole episode is going to be less, probably about 25 minutes, uh, 20, 25 minutes. And so just thank you guys, all the, the listening each week and for sharing we've seen our numbers really grow this year and i hope with the addition of melanie and more questions from you each and every week that you continue to share with family and friends and and, uh, and keep including those that may not step inside a church to hear a message or to have a chance to meet someone who loves Jesus like you do and like we do here on the podcast. And so I would hope that when you have a chance and the Holy Spirit nudges you and we pray for it every week that you would share so that you can plant a seed and let the Holy Spirit have a chance to water and and make kingdom changes in somebody else's life. Because when we stop and think about it, the best gift we can give is Jesus. We've seen how he has changed our lives, and why wouldn't we want to make that a gift that we give everybody? So thank you once again. I know that this uh, upcoming uh, Saturday, we will be uh, Christmas Eve, and there's lots going on. Uh, Hit the show notes for those times and things that you need to do if you want to join us, and look forward to that. And so we won't talk to you again until after Christmas, so just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and I appreciate all of you. Thank you.
1: This is Ken. I've spent Christmas in a lot of different places and had a lot of different Christmas experiences from celebrating, like I talked in the sermon last week, uh, celebrating Christmas in New Zealand. I've uh, spent Christmas in Thailand. I've spent Christmas on Guam. And so we've seen a lot of different Christmases and ways of celebrating Christmas um, one of my least favorite Christmases was when I worked in retail um, and just realized how many people are so centered on the gifts. And if they don't get exactly what they want, they're willing to curse and get angry about it. So I don't like that part of Christmas. I don't like the, the commercialism or the idea that if you don't get just the right gift, that somehow Christmas is ruined. For me, at this point in my life, after being in all those different places, uh, Christmas really is about my family, uh, having Eric and Kyla home uh, from school um, and being able to spend time with them. Uh, it's not about the food, it's not about the gifts under the tree, it's just actually about being with them. And so when I think about Christmas in that context, I think about what it meant that, that God sent his only son to this earth, and, and really his son left home to be with us. And I think about what that would be like for me, for me to send my child somewhere where they weren't going to be appreciated for the holidays and to miss out on being with them. And it really makes it super special that God loves us so much that he was willing to give us his son who would not be completely appreciated and who would have to endure a lot for us. That's what Christmas uh, means to me. Uh, In response to uh, some of the questions and comments, um, Stanley asks, so the innkeepers seem pretty self-justified in their actions. What's a common way that people keep Jesus out of their lives without knowing it, and how can we be more aware? Um, In a a couple weeks, we're going to be talking about Well, let me just back up. You know, Matthew 25 talks about the sheep and the goats and what separates them. And and basically, Jesus says to the sheep, you fed me, you clothed me, you visited me while I was in prison. And to the goats, he said, you didn't do that when you saw me. Both groups said, when did we see you? And so I think that one of the ways that we miss out on Jesus is when we miss out on ways of being kind to one another um, and to the people that we don't always view as Jesus, but who are in need of our kindness and our love. So I think that's one of the ways that we miss out. And I think just being intentional about thinking about the people around us and how we can be kind, how we can be loving and how we can help. I think that's important. And it really did resonate what was said by Anonymous. Do you think Do you think if, being honest, we all have a little bit of innkeeper in us? I know I do. And I would have to agree, yes, I know I do. And I love what they followed up with. um, Maybe the acronym for joy would be Jesus over yourself. Possibly when we get out of our own way, we unexpectedly find true joy. So maybe that's the answer to Stanley's question. I I just very much resonate with that. Merry Christmas, everyone. I do think we're
2: probably a lot like the innkeeper uh, because – it's very easy for us to fit into those things that we would think are appropriate or in, in alignment with the consensus of those around us. But I, I do think it, it tends to be um, a bit narrow when you start to realize that if you're only making your responses or your reactions in accordance to what we think would be you know, acceptable or our our own little circle, but I think we do, it tends to, we miss out on being truly compassionate or grace-filled. So I, I think it's important for us to not only ask uh, for other viewpoints, but also, you know, take ourselves out of the mix once in a while and find out, you know, what is life beyond, you know, my perspective and start seeing how other people might respond or how other people might, might look at this. And so asking questions like, how would you respond in this? Or as the innkeeper was in the, uh, uh, in the little drama that Dave Banks did, you know, seeing that his wife had a different perspective. I think that helps us when we put some of our own, uh, sort of biases aside and uh, and ask those questions of what other, other people might think or, or feel and outside of our circle. People that are not always thinking the same way we do. I think that helps us uh, create more opportunities for grace and uh, acceptance.
3: In response to Stanley's question about what's a common way that people keep Jesus out of their lives without knowing it. I just I have a funny story. When I was a kid, my parents and my brother and I went to visit a church on, on Christmas day. And when we got there, they were having a big program and the church was just packed. And we looked and looked and looked and tried to find a place to sit. And we found one little spot where there are a few seats open. And we went up there and tried to sit down. And this guy leaned over to us and was like, no, you can't sit here. This is reserved for the choir. And so we got up and we walked around to the other side where there were a few other seats open. And uh, we leaned over and asked the person, is it okay if we sit here? And they, they said, no, we've got family coming. This These seats are reserved. And um, we walked to the back of the church and looked and the only other seats that were open were in the very front of the church, of this huge church. And... We walked all the way to the front of the church just as the pastor was inviting everyone to kneel for prayer. And we started to move into the seats and a lady leaned over and she said, you can't sit here. You can't sit here. I've got people coming. You can't sit here. And we didn't want to get up and walk out in the middle of prayer. So we just knelt down quietly and waited for the prayer to be over. But the whole time during prayer, she kept poking at us and nudging us and telling us, you can't sit here. You can't sit here. And so finally, when the prayer was over, we got up and we walked out. And of course, everyone was staring at us the whole way out. And we walked to the back of the church and we walked out of the foyer and we walked out to the parking lot and got in the car. And it was really humiliating and really embarrassing. And we got in the car and I said, it's really, really weird to be missing church. But then we looked at the bulletin and it was kind of funny because the title of the service was No Room at the Inn. And I think we pretty much got the gist of that, of that service by experience. But I've never forgotten what that felt like. And I don't ever want to make anyone feel that way. I think sometimes we think about, oh, how can we make sure that we have room for Jesus? But we also need to have room for people Jesus loves. And that includes everyone.
2: I think some of the memories of Christmas I look back at as as being um, sort of replayed now in my grandchildren. And uh, what used to be really, you know, enjoyable for me, I'm starting to realize the nuance to it. And um, to see their eagerness, their impatience, their anxiousness towards, you know, wanting to get to opening presents, I used to think, well, let's, let's hold off. Let's wait till this is done. This is done. Cause my, my parents would do the same thing. We would always kind of hold off that, um, that anticipation just to the, the last minute. But I think now I think I realize how, why it was for me or how come it is played out that way. And it's, it's sort of an understanding that that I think I missed when I was younger, but now I see it in my grandchildren, this, this sheer joy of seeing how others, uh, find joy in giving to them, that they are loved, that they are cared for, that they are thought of. And, um, and as, as much as it sort of feels like a given, of course they are, you know, of course they're thought of, they're paid attention to all the time, but to see it, in a way, unfold in the uh, physicalness of a gift in you know, wishing and hoping for something and then having it, having it there in their lap. Finally, it's actually, I think a realization in a very physical way of how love, acceptance, and uh, attachment are all played out in that gift. So that's a beautiful thing to watch now. And I think it's, uh, it Sort of, sort of comes around full circle now as you see it played out in your in your own grandchildren
3: hey everyone this is melanie and guess who i found wandering the halls i found nashville tim or more accurately now i guess o-town tim right
1: yeah i guess i'm having trouble getting used to it but
2: hello
3: <laughs> well as you probably already know tim and i are new in town and uh this christmas we're not going to be celebrating with family um and we'll miss our kids and we'll mm-hmm. miss our parents and the rest of our family. But yeah. this Christmas is still merry for us, isn't it?
0: It, it, it is, yes.
3: And I think it's a lot of that reason is because of the way that this church has just loved us into the whole life family.
1: Definitely. We're yeah. so
3: grateful for that. But I think it's important to mention that, I mean, not all of our Christmases have been merry and bright. We've had some hard Christmases, haven't we?
1: Yeah, it's true.
3: And uh, I just can't help but think that if you're out there, and this is a hard Christmas for for you, um, maybe it's the first Christmas after the death of a loved one. You know, I know we know what it feels like to try to figure out what to do with that extra stocking and having it yeah. just break your heart all over again.
1: Or maybe, uh, maybe you've gone through a divorce or you're going through one and you're trying to sort out child custody with an ex.
3: Right. Or maybe you've come out to your family and your family's rejected you
1: yeah or you have um uh, strained family relations for maybe other reasons
3: yeah whatever the reason i mean this might be a lonely christmas for you mm. and i think it's important to say you know what it's okay to not be okay at christmas yeah. this season of light might feel more like a season of darkness for you and we get it I think Ken did a great job with his sermon series, though, talking about how even J- Jesus' Christmas story wasn't as merry and bright as we've <laughs> kind of sanitized it into being. You know, we've got no room at the end. We have stinky animals. We have you know unexpected guests. We have a, a mad, murderous king. And you know, when Je- when they when his parents took Jesus to the temple, I wonder. You know, they had to bring a couple of pigeons and a couple of doves. And I wonder if, on a Jewish carpenter's salary, if, if that was a, kind of a strain on the budget. Oh, I'm sure it was. Yeah, I don't know. And Tim and I just, we just want to tell you that wherever you are, whatever you're feeling, um, we hope you at least sense what that word means, Emmanuel, God with us, mm-hmm. and just remind you that even if you're alone, you're not really alone. We want to send out all the love and warmth to you on Christmas and just encourage you to keep feeling around in the darkness for hope because we know from experience it's there somewhere.
1: And we pray you find it.
3: That's right. We wish you all the best this Christmas.